Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with one of the guys that I've looked up to for over 10 years. He's the frontman for the two-time Grammy-nominated metal band, August Burns Red, the founder of Heart Support, the nonprofit organization, Mr. Jake Lures. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. Staying busy. Uh, but it's uh, the weather's turned, so it's really nice out, and uh, I'm excited to take Winston, my my dog, for a little W A L K. Uh, <laughs> he's sitting right here next to me, and if I were to actually ask him that question, it, we wouldn't have a good interview because he would be <laughs> bouncing off the walls. So, but yeah, I man, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, dude. That's awesome. So you've had a lot of downtime with Winston lately. You've been stuck at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice. I think for a touring musician who's been touring consistently for the past 15 years uh being at home for more than two months at a time never happens so so i'm really soaking up the the fact that i'm i'm home and i'm a normal person right now so uh, i i thoroughly enjoy it and yeah just like being able to kind of have like a normal routine and and wake up in the same bed um (laughs) every day is like a nice it's a good feeling man yeah, I get that, man. So you were supposed to be on tour right now, weren't you? Or just getting off of one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so we were, before COVID hit, we were on tour with a band called Kill Switch Engage and really excited about that tour. Uh, I think our fans had been asking for a tour like that for a long mm-hmm. time. And then I know that, you know, it was kind of a bucket list for us, like, we've always wanted to go on the road with kill switch and just always thought that that would be a good time. And it was for the three days that it lasted. And then COVID shows up and completely, you know, tells us that we have to go home. So yeah, we, we were supposed to be on the road and and we had tons of tours lined up this year and they've all gotten postponed and were canceled. And, you know, the, the, the hurtful part I think too, is that a lot of these mom pop venues aren't going to survive. Yeah, Some of them are going to have to close their doors because of COVID. And then that limits the amount of venues that are open for tours. So when COVID's over, um, which I'm hoping is soon, like all these bands are going to be really hungry to go on the road. And then, you know, we're going to have an uh, oversaturated market. Right. Yeah. And, and even less venues. And then you think probably, you know, only about maybe 60% of um, music goers are actually going to attend those shows. Mm. So it's going to be rough for the industry for a long time. I think um, I'm, me personally, I'm not thinking it's really going to get back on its feet until maybe mid year 2021. Yeah. You know, that's, I think when people are going to go, okay, safe to come outside and, you know, some of these venues can either reopen or, or come back to life or be birthed, you know, and, and kind of, um, the saturation of the market that hopefully will will trickle out too. So there's a lot of, there's just a lot of struggle for musicians and, you know, I feel for, for them and, um, and for business owners, man, it's brutal. Yeah. I know that 
touring not being able to happen, it takes an impact, a big hit on the economy with bus drivers, the people you rent your buses from, the people that are supplying the merch that's sold, the people that you pay to sell the merch. Um, and all of these companies are just kind of out right now. But I think that, like you said, mid-2021 will be back and stronger than ever. And I think it's going to be awesome. I can imagine that some of the biggest tour packages are going to come together. I don't know who you guys are going to tour with, but I just have a feeling that everybody's going to be like, all right, we need people to come to shows. Let's put these catastrophic names together and make some big tours happen. So concert fans are going to get their fix, God willing, in 2021. But until then, mm -hmm. I mean, you're making uh, YouTube videos right now for reaction videos, um, heart support. You guys are about to do a one-year master class. Um, yeah. I'm personally going to be taking the class. I think that the curriculum that you guys are going to be go going over is just phenomenal and it needs to be heard right now. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are going to go over in that masterclass? Yeah. I mean, we built this masterclass because we, we want people to, well, first we want people to be able to engage their community and build community and, um, really make an impact. I think that mental health is going to be top priority after COVID and all of this, all of these rioting and the injustice and, you know, um, just what our, our, our country's going under right now, you know I mean? There's so much there. Um, and so the class is really to try to help build the individual that's attending, not only to, um, you know, cultivate community, but, um, all the things that are around that, like self care, um, you know, organizing, uh, groups, projects, um, you know, marketing, uh, writing skills. I mean, basically my team has been running like a well-oiled machine for the past. I don't know. I mean, out of the 11 years that we've, we've, I started this, I'd say probably a good solid seven, eight years. Mm. And so what we want to do is we want to be able to give all of what we know, all of what we learn to the individuals that are attending the masterclass. And it, and it goes, like I said, from marketing um, and team leading to, you know, self-care and what does that look like and balance and refuel. And so there's going to be a lot of things there, I think, just for people as an individual. And then they can apply that to, you know, if they want to invest in heart support, like how to engage heart support, how to engage people that are hurting, but then apply that to their own dreams and ambitions, you know, like, Oh, I know how to like self care, which is going to help me, um, you know, strengthen myself in order so that I can commit to, you know, the desires of my heart and actually uh, get the job done, you know, rather than just uh, my dreams being there before I lay my, my head down to go to sleep. It's like you're waking up to them and you're pursuing them, you know? So there's a lot of really, really great, great knowledge and wisdom that's going to be in these master classes. And, everybody in my team is going to be teaching. So uh, it's cool because you're going to, you're going to get different perspectives. You're going to get different um, lifestyles. You're going to get different ways of um, engaging things. And it's like, if I were to just teach the class, you're not going to get, you're not going to get everything you need because yeah. I'm just one part of the body, right? Like mm. how about the fact that we're going to go over data analysis and analytics and statistics? Like, yeah, that's not my wheelhouse. That's Nate Hilpert's wheelhouse. And he's really sure. good at it. So like, he's going to be teaching that, you know, like, um, 
how to run marketing and social media or how to do branding and writing. Ben Sledge is really good at branding. He's very, he's a very good author, writer. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so it's, it's really going to be interesting and, and a lot of fun. Um, and it gives an opportunity for the people to, you know, we have like a, a small classroom setting online. So people can ask questions and we can engage each other that way. Um, so I think it's going to be really a pretty, pretty cool class. So these aren't pre-recorded classes. This is going to be a live, almost lecture type masterclass. So people are going to be able to engage with the speaker. Right. Yeah. So they are going to be in a live setting, but if you can't like, like, let's say you can't make the class, it's going to be recorded and sure. in a, a specific location that only people who purchase the masterclass can, can obtain it, you know? So, awesome. um, yeah. So if you can make it live, awesome. If you can't, don't worry. It's, it's, it's still going to be there. That's awesome that you're opening it up to people that have like crazy work schedules to where they can actually do the masterclass with you guys. Now, would there be a way to, um, for the people that aren't able to attend the live classes, will they be able to ask questions through some kind of chat room or anything like that to engage? Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be, there's going to, it's almost going to be like a group, um, like a, like a group chat. Awesome you know, area, right. So yeah. like people can, can, you know, not only are you going to be able to converse with the, uh, with the teachers, right. Um, but you're also going to be able to just converse with everybody else that's in the class, you know? And like, yeah. um, so we're even hoping that like, it would be great, you know, people building relationships, making friends, maybe, um, you know, doing some sort of collaboration or partnerships with somebody else in the class. Like, sure. I mean, we don't really know exactly to the extent as to like where it's going to go. We just know like, the criteria that we have and the fact that um, we feel like a lot of our volunteers at heart support, they're always like, how do we engage or what can we do more? What, what can we do better? It's like, well, let, let's offer a masterclass for, for people to come and learn more and get all these tools so that um, not only do they know where they fit at heart support, but like they can do a better job or a greater job. And then they can apply those same tools and wisdom and knowledge to the outside of their life you know dude that's phenomenal and the i want to go back talking about the chat room because that's kind of what defines heart support that's kind of the root thing that you have online right now to where people can either go and receive the encouragement they need or they can take away from that what what started that like Heart supports a chat room. It's a website. It's a nonprofit. There's so many videos, and um, it's it's almost like you you indirectly started a movement. I don't think you set out to um, change the world with this. You set out to be Jake and create something that's going to help people, and it's just turned into this globally recognized nonprofit. How did that start out for you? Yeah, it really started out, um, you know, when I joined August Fringe Red in 2006, I made kind of a promise to myself um, that I would, you know, dedicate time after the show to, you know, just engage my my fans, you know, and, and, and share with them um, and hear from them. And, uh, and that kind of grew from, you know, maybe five or 10 people at the merch table saying, hey, man, can I get a picture to me sitting there at the merch table for about two hours every night talking to, you know, maybe a hundred or plus people. Um, and you know, some people would just want a picture or tell me that they appreciate me, 
but then others would just kind of confide in me with like some of the things that they were battling in their life and sharing how my lyrical content, you know, a song might have kept them sober for six months or help them forgive their, their father for, you know, um, the divorce that how brutal he was with the divorce or, Mm. or, you know, if someone's going through a nasty breakup, um, you know, how this song kind of like encouraged them to kind of see their self-worth and, and not be willing to get verbally or, um, physically abused in a relationship. I mean, so the, like, I just started to see this, this need for people to be honest and open, um, and share about what they're battling. And then, and then I went to, um, I'm, I'm a big faith man. Like I'm a, I think my faith is pretty much directed my entire life up to from when I was 20 to being 35. And, um, so I was just praying and asking God, like, what can I do to give back to these people or, or God or this music industry? Right. And that's when heart support was created that night in Chicago. And, and it really was like, Hey man, go love these people and give them a platform to love one another and um, love them unconditionally. And like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's probably the hardest part for humans is because like we generally have conditions for almost everything that we do. Yeah. Like, Hey, you want to go to the beach? Eh, It's hot outside, you know? Hey man, um, are you willing to buy that homeless guy like a dinner from where we're at here? Uh, it's like, it's like 15 bucks a meal, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, Hey, uh, what about that watch? Don't you like that watch? It's gorgeous. How much is it? Right. Like there's conditions Mm -hmm. to everything that we do. Yeah. Um, in our relationship, Hey man, like she was great, but then, you know, she, I, she, um, went to a party and she kissed another guy. There's your condition. I'm out. Right. Like, so to love people unconditionally is, the, is, is, is a bit of a challenge, but, um, and that's what heart supports about. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you believe in, what you've done or what's been done to you. You're accepted at heart support. Mm-hmm. And cause when God accepted me is the same terms. God didn't care the color of my skin. He didn't care who I was in love with. He didn't care what I believed in, what was done or what was done to me. Um, so like, carrying those things into heart support and creating that atmosphere really um, helps people with giving us the authority to speak into their life. Mm. So if they know that they have a safe place and that they're not going to get judged um, and that we actually truly care and that then they see that we're, we are willing to love them past what they've done or any of those other things that I mentioned, it's a really unique place. And there's not really a lot of places like that in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why it grew so rapidly. Um, and it really has not much to do with me as far as um, how big that community got. I just, I just set up some chairs and put in a campfire. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now all these people are like, yo, I got some chairs. Like, let's get, you know, let's get some more yeah. people in here. So, um, you know, we do have like resources and we've written books on self-harm depression. And I have a book, uh, devotional that I wrote called mountains. And, um, we have done a lot of interviews. We've partnered with a lot of metal, um, music festivals, done fundraisers. Um, I'm working on a project that is literally going to bring hard support on the ground. 
um, which I'm really excited about, but I can't say anything other sure, than what I just said, sure. which was too much in the beginning. No, that's <laughs> but, awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it was funny cause I shared this vision that I have that I'm working on this project. <clears throat> and, uh, my friend said, he goes, you know, it's really crazy, man. He goes, I love how, you know, right now, currently the world is burning and is in division, right. And it's just complete chaos. But here you are over here, just building a place for all those people that when they're done hurting, they can come to, me, mm. you know? So and I good. just thought that was so cool, man. I'm like, man, like if we can get more people to build something like that in their own unique way, right? Like it's not the Jake Lure show. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying people, um, you know, to build something that and create something out of their own heart, their own desire, their own vision, right? Um, that's going to benefit their communities. Like, man, we could change the world. Like we could really, and no one can stop you. Like yeah. this is like, we live in a country that's like, if you've got it and you got the balls to do it, then go for it. It's like, yeah. all right, great. Well, what if everybody did that? Like, what if everybody was just like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to create this thing. Um, and so that's just where, that's where I'm at. And like, and that's where I was with heart support. I mean, I was like, I'm just going to create this thing and I don't care how big it gets or how small it gets um, or how small it is, but just giving the opportunity. And, um, and now, you know, we have seven full-time employees. We have over half a million interactions a month with our, you know, community and, and resources and social media and videos and content and everything, blogs and stuff. So like, it's really cool. Um, and I, I think that that's one of the things that, I'm mostly proud of. I, I I obviously feel very honored in the position that the music industry has placed my band. Mm -hmm. They've given us that position. Um, but I think heart support means a lot to me as well because it's truly, you know, set there to make an impact and to help sure. people get out of their brokenness or get past um, a season of their life that they felt, you know, helpless or, you know, that no one cared and building camaraderie and brotherhood and sisterhood and, and, um, understanding that love wins, you yeah. know, like the concept of, of love winning and overcoming and having the power to break conditional love and having the power to break, you know, the hurt and the pain. And, and, um, I just think that that's cool. And, and that's a beautiful story and it can be a beautiful truth in, people's lives if they if they let it be you know if they yeah. believe that and it's so unique to see somebody using their platform for something other than themselves so i commend you for just stepping out and creating heart support creating this online platform and even like you said going onto the ground and doing things like god's placed that in your life for a reason and heart support i have um a lot of people that come to my social media and they're like, I'm suicidal. I'm this, I'm that. Like we all have issues, but to a certain extent, there are some issues that you can't be Superman for every single person. So, um, Taylor had, your Taylor had set up 
uh, to where people can actually text the heart support number. They could text Trevor to that. And y'all do that for a lot of different bands and uh, mm-hmm. platforms to be able to give someone that encouragement, give them that resource, just point them in a direction where they can and go be heard. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things where it's that one piece of resource that you've always wanted and needed, but you never knew what it was. It's taken so much off of myself and then just having somewhere you could send people to know that like, okay, if I send someone here, they're not going to be judged. They're going to be loved. They're going to be accepted for who they are, whatever color their skin is, who they love. Like it doesn't matter. Like everyone is genuinely accepted for who they are here. It's not only a bunch of Christians. There are um, people that identify as witches and Muslim. There's people of all walks of faith at heart support. And that's yeah. what's so cool about it. Like the first thing when you look up heartsupport.com, it's not Jesus needs to save you. That's not right. what you're advocating. You're advocating for self-help. You're advocating for people to receive help. And if they want to know more about your faith, that's there too. They can buy the devotional. And I also mm-hmm. believe y'all give out free books, resources mm-hmm. for people to be able to go and just learn, learn about themselves. And one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about is mental health and physical health, because that's been a bridge that you've been tying together with your clothing brand and with your life. Um, I know for a fact in my life, physical health is everything. Like if I'm not working out or at least walking or running 30 minutes a day, I know that I can expect like a downturn in my mental health eventually. If you don't create that healthy habit in your life, I honestly find myself being more at risk for anxiety and depression. Um, how, what does that look like for you and your physical health? Yeah. I mean, I think that physical health is obviously tied to your mental health. Um, and um, I, I'm actually, doing, yeah, I'm actually it's part of the project that I'm working on too, is like understanding that, right. Like getting, getting that through your mind that, um, you know, what you're doing physically, how active you are. Um, I think it's just part of, you know, like the human body that we are, we are supposed to go and be active. We're not supposed to sit in a chair in front of a desk from nine to five, five days a week. Right. So, um, and a lot of things are connected. Like, you know, when you, when you work out, when you're exercising, um, you're loving yourself. You're, 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 you're telling your brain multiple things. One is you're saying, Hey, I'm going to go and deliberately make time for me. That's huge. Yeah. Um, you're also saying, Hey, I, I love myself, right? Like I'm going to work on my body. I'm going to be healthy. And, and, and it's an act, right? Um, so when you act and you go exercise, you're also, when you're done exercising, you think about what you're eating. You think about, um, you know, what, what you're going to do with the rest of your day. And, and you're also transforming your body over time. So like, you know, three weeks from then you look in the mirror and you're like, Holy smokes, like, wow, like my body's changing. And you start to see like, that's, that's just, um, you know, a small victory. Right. But it, it releases, you know, it releases, you know, chemicals in your brain and, and in your body and like gets you excited and, it, and, you know, your, your endorphins, you know, like yeah. everything's moving when you're exercising. So it's like, um, it's, it's, it's very therapeutic. Like a lot of people say like, 
Um, you never, you never find, um, a fitness goer in, in a therapy office, right? Like, um, which I don't agree with that statement, but it's just because their the gym is their, their therapy session. Right. Mm. Or, uh, some people even say it's their church, right? Like they can go there and they can, they can pray and, and meditate and exercise, you know? Um, and so like, I think, I think that it's just really important for people to take into account that their body and their minds, um, are just deeply rooted to, together. And I, I don't really have a lot of time to break all of that down, sure. but, um, but for me, it's huge. Like if I don't work out or exercise, um, or I guess I would say, maybe I'll say it this way on the days that I do exercise and work out, or I've been very active, I feel extremely validated. Mm. I feel like I've done something with my day. Um, it could be me working out in the, in the lawn, you know, mm. yeah. um, running around outside sweating. Like, I'm like, man, I just got some really good, good work done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if I'm working out and like blood's flowing, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm feeling good. Like I'm energetic. I'm excited. It wakes me up Sure. and it gets me fueled. And it's like, Hey man, if you can go tackle the, the weights or you can tackle the, you know, the treadmill, like you're going to go tackle everything else in your life, you know? Sure. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think they're both very, very important. And, um, very soon you're going to, you're going to hear more from me on that. Well, I'm excited for that. Hopefully it includes some, uh, details about the WALK with Winston. Um, I think it's, I think it's just so phenomenal that, you know, 30 years ago, people had no clue about mental health, like on a generic level. Um, there weren't resources like this. There weren't people on Instagram live doing hot yoga or Pilates. Like there was nobody walking you through that. Um, and especially for you as a musician, when you're on stage, you're not standing still at all. Like I don't, I would throw up after a half of what you do on stage and I'm sure you burn a lot of calories up there too. Do you have to work out on days you're playing shows? Like, is that like a requirement for you? Um, I like to work out as much as I can on tour and I usually work out for about an hour and a half. Um, roughly about an hour before I go on stage mm. to about two hours before I go on stage. And then I'm on stage for about an hour and a half. So That's all I cardio. exercise. Yeah. I probably work out. I would say three to five days a week mm. when I'm on the road. Sure. Um, and collectively with the gym and being on stage, I definitely break through over a thousand calories a day. Um, roughly, I think it's between six and eight on stage and then between three and six on, um, in the gym. So, um, yeah. Um, it's funny cause it's like the gym prepares me for the show. Yeah. Like what I was saying, like if you go into the gym and you're excited and you work out and it's a good workout, then whatever you're going to do next, you're going to enjoy it. Hmm. You know, it's like, that's why sometimes like my roommate that was, um, he lives downstairs. Um, he wakes up and works out at seven in the morning and that's just the, what he does because then the rest of his day is going to go well because he feels sure. good. You know, his mind's awake. He's awake. 
Um, he feels good about his body, you know, and it encourages his mindset to go tackle whatever it is that he's got to do for the day. Sure. So, yeah. So the, so the gym is basically the same thing for me. I'll go find a gym local area down the street from the venue. I'll work out for about an hour, hour and a half. I'll come back. I'll do my prayer and meditation, my stretching, um, change, get on my gross show clothes. And then I'll rip on that stage and I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to be there. You know, I'm yeah. pumped to be there. Um, you know, it's, it's a little more challenging when I, um, I, I take a nap in the middle of the day and sure. then I wake up and it's like, Oh, now I gotta get ready for, yeah. yeah, I gotta get ready to go run on stage and be this lunatic that Monster. everybody <laughs> is expecting me to be, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, um, so yeah, man, it, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing, man. But, you know, and even like mental health, I think has gotten such a, there's such a silly like perspective or um, it's like, it was taboo. And then it was like, Oh, if you talk about mental health, like all of a sudden you're suicidal or you're a crazy person or you're this or that. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no, like there are so many different levels of mental health. So I, I went to go help my friend load up mulch in my truck last week. And, um, we went to the mulch site and I'm shoveling mulch into the, into the bed of my truck and he's helping me. And I, I said, Hey man, like, how have you been? I haven't talked to you for like, I don't know, a month or whatever. Um, and he's like, Oh, you know, it was, it was kind of tough, you know, when we first, the COVID thing and, you know, cause I couldn't play hockey and I couldn't play golf and, um, you know, I wasn't going out anywhere. I was, I was staying home. We're having a conversation about his mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I kind of got down and out. Okay. There's mental health, right? Like, but, you know, I, um, once we opened up the golf again, like I was able to go out and be, you know, active. Okay, sure. there's your mental health, right? Like, so like, um, for some reason, people just automatically, they don't want to share because then they don't want to be judged or looked upon as though they're not normal. But what people don't get is that the mental health is normal. It's your mental health. It's everyone has a mental state in their mind as to how they perceive themselves and how they perceive other people. They all have, um, wounds, whether that's someone broke their trust or they were, um, hurt physically or mentally by someone, or they were manipulated into thinking something and they were tricked. Like those things are part of your mental health. And, and so what we're trying to do is we're trying to just show people that even in conversation, when you're asking someone, how's your day? That's literally a mental health question, <laughs> but people don't see it that way. They, no, you know, it's almost like a routine now. Like how was your day? You're not really expecting a factual answer. You're, nine times out of 10, you're going to get good, great or bad. Nobody's really going to, it's not even a conversation piece anymore. It's almost like we've made it a routine. And, um, I've made it a but, habit of like, how are you doing? No, really? How are you doing? Like, is there anything you need to talk about? Um, mm -hmm. even with my brothers, they're like these big macho dudes and, you know, don't want to show mm -hmm. any emotion until like, it's that last straw. And like, I'm trying to be as encouraging as I can as, uh, someone that's walking in their faith and just being like, Hey, like if you ever need anything, I'm here. I understand like it's 
kind of foreign to talk about your mental health, but you know, I'm always here for you. And even if, um, friends are struggling, whether they're, they just got laid off of work or something got leaked on the internet or whatever it is. Like I've lost two close friends to suicide last year. My friend Jared took his life and, um, a few years ago, my friend Amy took her life. And the weird thing about that is they were both these world-renowned mental health advocates, Amy for Project Semicolon and Jared for Anthem of Help, Anthem of Hope. And um, it, I remember both of the days and how I heard so drastically. But one thing that I had to work through is the day before I'd talked to Jared and I didn't think to ask like, you like really you doing good like are you doing okay like we'd talk about mental health but i would never ask about suicide i would never like are you struggling with that now i thought that was something that was um behind and um so now like even with people that i think or look at in my head as like oh it's common sense that they're not struggling with suicide they're advocates against it like even the other day i had to reach out to someone like I know you're an advocate against suicide openly, but I know this is going on. And I just want you to know that I'm here. Like, if you don't feel like you could talk to your wife, I'm here. I want to talk. Um, right. Like right. everybody's like, I wish I could have told Chester Bennington this. I wish I could have told um, their favorite hero who took their life this. Mm-hmm. Um, start acting on it. Like, even if it's just a check-in like we need to be more intentional when it comes to mental health and these hard conversations. Like right now in our state of mind, it's like everyone is combating injustice and racism head on right now. That's got to be affecting some people's mental health. Like we need to check in on each other and we're still in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, And it's ironic to me, your album guardians you launched mm-hmm. it in, at the beginning of a pandemic. It wasn't planned like that, but the name Guardians, for some reason, just sticks with me. It's almost like, for me, like God's my guardian, but with past interviews I've watched getting ready for ours, it's like heart support is that for some people. Can you explain to us where the name Guardians came from and kind of the message behind it? Yeah, I think we were going to use that for um one of the songs like a title for one of the, one of the tracks but then as we started to like really sit back and look at all the lyrical content and, and what it was focusing on we thought guardians would be a great title for the actual album and the reasoning for that is that the lyrical content on guardians is really focused on community and unity like coalesce and um you know putting aside your your judge your judgments and choosing just to love people mm. for where they're at um and so we wanted people to understand that we could all be guardians for for others like you have the ability to like love someone you have the ability to protect someone um, to nurture somebody, to help them when they are, when, when they're in need. Right. Um, and those are, you know, those are things that a guardian does, you know, they provide, they protect, they secure, they, they nurture or nourish. Um, and I think we, we really wanted to like 
send that message to our music scene and, and our and our people because I think we've over time just seen so much division. And then COVID happened and we were like, well, if we don't release this album now, it's gonna it's gonna harm our our fan base more because this is what they need right now. Yeah. They need to understand like, hey, you need to like not worry about you as much as you could worry about the people around you that really need help. Sure. And, and now we have this, you know, injustice thing going with all this writing and the police and, you know, black lives matter. And here you go again, you know, like you can choose to be a guardian for the black community. Sure. You know, you can choose to be the guardian for people who are, or who are battling um, with justice, you know, like, it's like, the, you know, like there's, there's so much hurt right now for so many people. And it's like, you don't need to understand them to love them. I think that's what, like, you don't like, I'm not a black man and I, and, and, and I don't know what that's like. And, and I don't ever know what that's going to be like. Now, you know, I did live in government housing where, I was actually, you know, there was me and one other white kid, right? And I learned about a culture that was that was oppressed um and that was that didn't have really the opportunities, let's say as 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 you and I now, right? Sure. Um but I'll but I'm but I I'm I'm not a black man and I never will be. I'm yeah. not a black woman, you know? I'll never know what that's like. Yeah. But I don't necessarily but that doesn't mean that I can't love them mm. or help them or um walk beside them you know what i mean like yeah. like um black lives matter and then people were like well all lives matter it's like yeah we understand we do understand that yeah. like no one's saying that no one's life matters um but right now the black community is under attack um and they're just in in need of help sure right um and police are in need of help there's a lot of great policemen that um that need that need our help yeah. and need our love and and what really needs to happen is that i think um we as people need to take a good look at how we're treating each other and how the government and the systems are built and maybe think twice about how they're built and rebuild them yeah because uh, you know, the police force, maybe we need to reevaluate what it takes to be a police officer. What are the qualifications? How long do they need to have schooling? What's the limitations and requirements and boundaries and law, right? Like maybe just kind of relook at some of this stuff because it's gotten out of hand and the people who are getting hurt are, are the innocent. Sure. And, and the people who are, who are staying out of the way, but continuously getting, gaining control are the ones who are not innocent. Yeah. You know? Um, so there's a lot of work there, but, but, but how we can start this movement is by showing people, Hey, mental health's important. How's your mental health and talk about mental health because what we end up doing is we verbally speak out our hurt, our pain. And then through community, we start to learn how to love ourselves and learn how to love in general. What does love look like? How, how can, 
how to give love, how to offer love. And then the, the deeper we go, the more we see how we're not the greatest human on earth. We are selfish. We are prideful. We do self selfish acts that hurt others without even thinking about it. And um, the more you can see that, then the more you could go, man, I know that that person's life is messy, whether I know them or not, because I know what a human being is. And I also know that a messy person like me needs love. Mm. And so that person isn't my enemy. That person is hurting. Right. And think about that. If we were to just be able to instill that in our police force, that person's not your enemy. That person is hurting. Mm. It, those two perspectives, the outcome, the response that you have is going to be completely different based on yeah. the perspective that you have. Right. So it's like if we could just start there, then we could create something that actually makes an impact but you've got to invest in people and people don't, there's no money in that. Yeah. There's not, there's, there's no money in investing in people. People love to start nonprofits and say, this is a problem. Right. But then when it's like, okay, then spend six weeks with this person day and night and share and, and, and help and love and encourage sacrifice your weekends. And uh, by the way, you have to go raise money for this to do, to do this. Right. Like people are like, uh, I don't think so. You know? And that's, yeah. That's because you don't really give it. Yeah. And, and so that's the problem. We've gotten into a place where we want something and we want it now and we don't have patience for anything. And, 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 um, the, I want, I want game with no patience is, is not very beneficial to the, I need to give, I need to wash this person's feet. You know, like Mm -hmm. I just did an interview and he asked me what I do for a living. And like, when it comes down to it with art support, that's what I do. I wash people's feet. I, I, I find the individual, I talk to people and I look at where they're hurting. And then I try to serve them and love them in that area. Hmm. Right. And, um, if we could get more on board with that mentality, then we might actually be able to turn this thing around, but it's going to be up to us. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can blame the old government and we can blame the old heads all we want. And maybe we, and maybe that that'll work out for us for a little bit, but then when they're all dead and they're all gone and they're all out of office, um, who are you going to blame then? Yeah. Mm. And you know what, what I mean? you just said, it's like, for some reason, these two lyrics come to mind. We all hurt. We all need, we all cry. We all bleed. But then also off of Lighthouse, people everywhere hurting, like, that's so true. And you didn't write those for the intention of what's going on right now. But here we are having this conversation, like, people are fighting for justice. People are fighting for equality. People are fighting for these topics that need to be discussed. They're fighting for conversation. They just want to be heard. And like you said earlier, people are using all lives matter almost as a debate between black lives matter and all lives matter. They're like, yeah, all lives matter, but all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Black lives matter is classified under all lives. So let's address where that's hurt. If I saw someone made, um, 
image of like one house on fire in a neighborhood and a fire department truck pulling up and start spraying down all the houses in the neighborhood. That makes no sense at all. If the black community is under attack, that's why Black Lives Matter is a thing. This is why you see it painted on the streets in D.C. This is why every news station is covering it. Black lives do matter, um, but also police officers matter. Their families Mm -hmm. matter. You don't target one person. It's almost like what I've been seeing this morning is people are trying to fight racism with another form of racism. And it's not just, and it's not the black community that's uh, as a whole saying police officers need to die. No, that's not at all what's going on at all. But this is where the media comes into play. And I'm not like a fake media ad, like, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is everybody has their own interpretation of things, but it's up to us what we believe, what we allow into our ears, what we allow ourselves to watch, and how we partake in things. So if somebody's listening to this and they feel like they want to make some noise in the mental health space, do it. Start a social media page. Uh, Start doing lives. Reach out to heart support. See if there's something that you can volunteer with. Um, if you feel like you want to start a band and share a message that way, do it. Like nobody's stopping you from that. So mm. even with all this time on our plate, we have to remember why we do what we do. You've shared with us why you do what you do. I wake up in the morning. I, I don't have a plan B. Like I know that I want to try to encourage someone, whether it's through, um, graphic content, interviews, or just whatever I'm doing, I want it to glorify God, A, and B, encourage someone to get out of a dark spot. Mm-hmm. And it's just phenomenal to see all the work you're putting in to make people feel that way, get to that place. If they're yeah. struggling with mental health, yeah. rising above that, that's the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, it, it is. It, it's it's just, we're just in a place right now where, uh, we, we need each other. Yeah. And, and the only way it's going to change is if, if everyone's willing to make that change. And, and the thing is, is that people have a choice, right? Like some people say, um, you know, there's the, there's like, if you're not saying anything about black lives matter, you're racist, you know, or if you're staying silent, you're complicit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, um, I understand, I, I initially understand what they're trying to say, right? Like, Hey, like this is a, this is something that we need to talk about. And if you're not willing to talk about it, then something's wrong with you. But like, um, we do have a choice and what I would prefer, what I would love to see is that, um, people stop talking. Like I'm, I'm really, thinking that people should just shut up. Everyone should just stop talking. And if you want to speak, do it with your hands, mm. you know, do it with your feet. Like, um, don't post all black lives matter picture and then feel good about yourself mm. if you really care. Um, but there's also a lot of other things in the world that we need to fix and that we need help with. So it's like, whatever, it is that you're passionate about in helping somebody don't say it just go do it mm. right i guess is what i'm saying yeah um because because like you know you have a community around you posting something on social media that everyone else is posting 
doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It might get the, it might get the bullies off your back or the little trolls that are gnawing at your feet, you know? Yeah. Well, you didn't post anything. So you must be racist. You know, like, (laughs) okay, dude, like get off of me, get away from me. Why are you even in this room? And uh, those are the people that are the worst because they're not helping. Yeah. They're breathing more division. It's like, it's like, we don't need more division. Thank you. We have enough. Yeah. Right. Isn't that the conversation they're trying to have? They're trying to fight fire with fire. Yeah. It's so counterproductive. And it's like, but like, if we can, if, if people can get stirred up about what they think they can do to give back to the community, it's going to help. It's going to help. Just don't, use your words. We need you to do it. We need everyone to do it. And then you really want to see the government freak. Well, they're going to start freaking out when, when they're shoving stuff down your throat to try to aggravate you, but you're too busy knowing your neighbor so well mm-hmm. that like, that is obviously not real for us. And we're yeah. not going to pay attention to that. Sure. And we're not going to give you control because you don't get to control the narrative we do. And we've chosen to do so. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's what I'm, I'm praying for. I'm praying that people actually get off the couch, put their phone down, go outside, walk two feet to the next door neighbor, knock on the door and say, hey, is there anything I can do for you? Because life's too short to be around. Yeah. And, um, and I, feel like, I feel like we can get somewhere together. Dude, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Now, everyone that's listening now, this is Jake Lurz from the band August Burns Red. You can check out their new album, Guardians, wherever you stream your music. But I'd prefer you go buy it if you're listening to this and want to go the extra mile. And be sure to be looking out for the Heart Support Masterclass. Go look them up on social media at Heart Support, and uh, we'll see you there. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.